0: welcome to writing about dragons and shit podcast where two authors and a writer get together and talk about the ways that they tell stories. I'm one of your hosts, uh, Trevor Bettis, your resident writer and podcaster and n- uh, new uh, content designer for Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. <laughs> I get to say it finally.
1: I'm so proud of
0: you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and uh, with me each week are two amazing people who are.
2: I'm Aaron M. Evans. I write fantasy novels and best known for Empire of Exiles and uh, the Brimstone Angels saga. I got COVID last week, so I'm going to do my best tonight.
0: You, we, we believe in you.
2: <laughs> you. You know,
3: you at 50% is still better than most people at 100%. <laughs> 100%. Facts. Uh, Walters, I say words about things. Um, rapidly anticipating our replacement by AI. <laughs> you know, if
0: if we run through will... so, some uh, these questions quickly, I I I I had a thing that I wanted to uh, bring up that I did not the thing okay. I sent you all earlier. It was a different one. <laughs> uh... But yeah, uh, we were we were off last week, uh, and so we decided uh, uh, this week would uh, be a listener episode because we got a couple emails from y'all. Thank you all for writing in; uh, really do appreciate it. And uh, I, I'm going to start things off uh, with an email from Benjamin. Uh, Greetings, tangent lords! All oh, these titles; these titles oh, are just getting out of first of all. Hand. First, no, <laughs> first of all, keep doing it. <laughs> uh i'm listening to the current episode and it's clear to me that the prologue of Dragonflight, the first pern pern book is not memorable enough uh you are uh the second podcast i've listened to that mentioned that uh it has uh that the turn to sci-fi later in the series surprised them but the prologue in the first book explains that people of pern came from uh space colonies and there are things Uh. still in orbit around the planet yeah, these are all, uh, yeah, these are things that have been completely forgotten due to the initial encounters with the thread. Uh, then the information is not relevant to, uh, for many of the books. Uh, I kept waiting for that to come up and uh, <laughs> been forgotten yet again. Yeah, that's the thing. As soon as I read this one, I, I remember, like, oh shit, yeah, they do say that at the very beginning. I forgot about that. You know what?
2: That. I still am like, do they? But, yeah, no. I... Uh, it has been mumble, mumble years since I read the Pern books. So.
3: Yeah, like, like 30. If I charitably, since I yeah. read the Pern books, but I mean, if well, is was that the end of the question? Because I want to, uh, they they, the uh, they just
0: go on to say, uh, you guys are my favorite writing podcast. I look forward to every episode, uh, which I listen to as I drive uh, for work. Uh, thank you for talking or taking the time to read my uh pedantic. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Benjamin. It, I mean, then then that leads into um, dearly departed George R. R. Martin's uh set up in um, Game of Thrones, yeah. Yeah, well, it's the... Song of Ice and Fire. Song of Ice and Fire is what I was thinking. Game of Thrones is the first novel. But yes, showing early. Hey, by the way, there is a modicum of fuckery. Yeah. (laughs) That was the whole thing that happened behind the scenes before we started (laughs) recording, you guys. And now Uh,
0: the the title of the episode makes sense.
3: (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Uh, Because, again, you can show it in advance. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you can show the... Literally anything. You know, Bugs Bunny can be real. The gods yeah. can be walking around. Literally anything as long as you show it early.
0: Yeah. You know? Well what what he was saying is that the, the that the Pern Books then didn't nail it like uh uh Song of Ice and Fire did, where people forgot that there was the whole sci fi thing to it that they had come from colonies and whatnot, uh, because people remember it being a twist. Uh, which, which is interesting, and like thinking about it, it is just kind of explained. Whereas in Game of Thrones, like that is a whole uh, prologue to the book in character. Uh, it's happening for you in the moment instead of it being explained. I just appreciate it McCaffrey's like,
3: keep up, you fucking casuals.
0: <laughs> it's not my fault if
3: you don't remember. I, just, you know, I, I said it. You know what just, I mean? Just yeah. imagine
0: you, McCaffrey like a book book reading. Fucking casual. <laughs> so
2: fucking casual. Right. I love it. I have to admit, there's a part of me that would love to become grandam of speculative fiction. Who could bust out like that?
3: There's still time. But,
2: you know what? Maybe that's my goal. My therapist yeah. says I should set more goals. Maybe my goal is to just be that self-possessed and uh, bitchy. I love so it. Here,
3: here's, here's the problem, Aaron. You know, I understand. <laughs> I, too... Suffer from having become so wonderful at a young age. Yes, <laughs> you do have to keep aspiring for more, reaching for that next brass ring.
2: I don't disagree. I just, you know, <laughs> there's a point where you achieve something, and then you're like, now what? What can I? What can go? Can I set that's actually something I have control over?
3: Mm. No. Literally nothing. Hey, <laughs> just, just a little, little, little detour there. No. Um, <laughs> a tangent on this show? I, I, I know exactly um the stoics call it the stoics call it the dichotomy of control basically Mm. uh that you focus ferocious ferociously on the things that you can control which is very little basically you and what you do and give absolutely no consideration to basically anything else that exists outside (laughs) of of your your sphere you know that it is uh your goal is to shoot the arrow the best that you possibly can whether or not it hits the target is secondary
2: which is like, you can't make goals that are like, I will become a New York Times bestseller. Like, no, Correct. that's not up to you. You like, can't. I, you know? like the, the, and there's a point where it's like, okay, I've gotten, I've got, I've queried till I got an agent and I've got, I've sold a book and I've sold a series and that's all great. And it's like, now what? I'm like, well, maybe I'll sell another series, sounds good. <laughs> I think that might be the best kind of goal I can do because there isn't like, how do you level up as an author here? A lot of the things that we think of as achievements, like, they're not they're not in your hands. Yeah. You don't yeah. get to decide to do that, right? Yeah. You don't get to decide yeah. to win an award. You, you could hope to, but fundamentally, yeah. you could aim at it. You could write yeah. things that are more likely, but, yeah. but at the end of the day, like, nah, you don't get to decide to do that.
3: Yep. Yeah. you, yeah, exactly. I, I, I would think it is, it is a worthy goal to be like, I want to be a New York times bestseller, but you absolutely cannot, measure or define yourself yes. based on that you're, you you yeah. all you can do is like i will write the best book with theoretically the most opportunity to become a new york times bestseller like if you know if, if you're going to write it all um uh you know if you're going to write your book in hebrew with italian grammar because you think it's interesting <laughs> and like it's going to become a bestseller like my friend it won't actually
0: yeah uh, I, I do like that that it was like the the a, a more elegant version of what I ranted to my GameStop manager about. Like, because <laughs> what you were saying, there's like, it's not up to you. Like, you know, these people make decisions and stuff like that. I'm like, ah, that's exactly what I said to my manager when he was like, why didn't you get all of these video game uh, reservations this week? I don't control that. That guy came in here. He already knew if he was going to do it. Like I didn't, I didn't persuade him.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. But, I no, mean I, it's, eh. yeah, it, it, that's uh it's interesting because again, hey we're we're all quadruple tangenting now. I just had a talk <clears> with <throat> a buddy of mine uh, who who's working on 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 the same movie project with me and you know it's delays and people are dropping the ball and things that you know have nothing to do with us because we mm-hmm. did our part. And he was talking about he pointed out and he's quite right that it's like success in Hollywood in particular, I would argue entertainment in general, but he was saying Hollywood in particular. was like take everybody in this town working in entertainment making money not just just earning earning money not Mm -hmm. even necessarily a living wage Mm
1: -hmm.
3: and then take how many people play the lottery every week and you might get the you win two (laughs) dollars you win ten you you win five hundred thousand you win five hundred million you know in like, compare the numbers of people who play the lottery and win literally anything versus the number of people in Hollywood that make literally anything. And he's like, the lottery numbers may well be better. The the lottery (laughs) odds may well be better. And I was like, yeah, maybe, you know, well, it's again, you can't you, you can't do it for the outcome. You can only do it for the yeah. process. You can yeah. very much have an idea of the outcome. Being like, you know, I want to be a full-time writer is, yeah, okay. You know, mm-hmm. to which I would say, well, what does that mean? You know, how, yeah. how exactly how much do you need to make? And then how do you in, intend to do it? Because um, there's people that, you know, we both know, uh, we all know, that punch out a book in like a month. And they do it like nine or ten times a year, and and that's their thing. It's 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 yep. a shotgun offense, you know. And then other people, you know, come out with their books after a couple of years, and then mm-hmm. other people come out with their books fucking never. <laughs> Some people
2: yeah. tragically die before they can tragically finish. Oh my
3: god, die before Such they finish. I mean, that's
2: also not a sarcastic thing. Yeah, I know, that true. definitely that is also still true. happens.
3: Yeah, that that is. But.
2: God, I'm just gonna knock on some wood guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. there, there, there that's we, there fun. we go. Thank yeah, you, thank you. And all the knocking
0: going. Um, okay, we're gonna. Well, but Benjamin, I, I hope that was a talk that uh, you wanted to come out of. Yeah, <laughs> I hope we got. That's there. That's what anyway.
2: happens if yeah. you don't ask an actual question. We're just <laughs> well, gonna no. make up something to talk about. Hey, <laughs> I
0: said, I have said in the outro, you can send in your questions, comments, that's and uh, whatnot. So you, I'm yeah, just I'm, saying. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair uh this one comes from zach uh it says hello uh first i'm uh just a big thank you for making uh such an enjoyable podcast i've been listening for a few weeks and i've already gotten a ton of solid advice so thank you yeah i'm glad you got something out of it Mm -hmm. um uh, I have a question, and I haven't worked my way through all the episodes yet, so I hope this hasn't been answered. Uh, one of the things that I've always or that's always given me real hell is finding ways for the protagonist to defeat the villain that is that feels satisfying. The villain is supposed to be uh, str- uh, stranger. Is that stranger? Yeah, I'm sure uh, they meant stronger. Yeah, maybe stronger. Uh, stronger than the yeah, stranger than the protagonist. I mean, yeah, maybe uh, stronger than that, the protagonist. What you makes you
1: stranger?
0: Uh, <laughs> Uh, often, uh, particularly intelligent and, uh, strategic, uh, having them fail because they made a mistake a lot, uh, it makes it a lot less satisfying than having them fail because the protagonist succeeds. Uh, but the question still remains, how do you plan the downfall? Any advice would, uh, be just spectacular.
3: Thanks. You know, I, yes, I, oh, I just took a voluminous I, breath here. I knew this. I, <laughs> when I saw this I like question, things. I'm just like,
0: this is going to be a conversation right here.
3: <laughs> right. Uh, Ew, yes, we, we have kind of picked at this uh, over time. And so yes, it's definitely worth still listening uh, uh, to some of the past episodes. So a couple of things. Yes, your villain is supposed to be bigger than your antagonist. Yeah, they are supposed to be stronger, um, you know, faster, better, smarter, whatever, right. Uh, but you also have to remember that the villain is the hero of their story. So they can be brought down by a number of things. They can be brought down by hubris. Um, they can be brought down uh, uh, by by a lack of planning. Um, e- part of the reason why I go on record so many times is I'm always rooting for the bad guys is because the good guys cheat. They always have like some prophecy or a magic sword or the fucking power of friendship or whatever, or there's like seven of them where all Dr. Doom has is his iron mask and like balls of steel. (laughs) So, You know, I I, I think the, the most important thing is whatever the ending is, if you're ever stuck, look at it like the villain is their own hero that is being brought low. And as long as it is fulfilling there, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I think bad villains, like, um, although it would be remiss for me to call G.I. Joe the movie anything other than the single greatest, you know, film ever made <laughs> during the intro sequence, which is just a banger. If you don't remember the Cobra, 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 <laughs> that whole thing. But they're there to blow up the Statue of Liberty. And it's like, for what? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> Why?
2: Oh. Man, yeah.
3: Why? You know, like so many old Batman villains, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I'm going to destroy the world. It's like, eh, but you live
2: on the world. Like, <laughs> Don't you want that? That's where your stuff <laughs> yeah, is.
3: Yeah, exactly. Like the tick says, you can't destroy the world. That's where I keep all <laughs> my stuff. Yeah. I have more to say, um, but I'm going to stop to let somebody else get a word in edgewise.
2: Uh, The thing that I would point out is that often, not always, but often, um. Your your villain and your hero are in the same story because your villain is in some fashion a reflection of your hero.
3: Ding ding ding. Um,
2: like a dark mirror, we sometimes say. Like your your villain is it like is 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 kind of going through some some arc that is similar to the hero, but they've made a different choice. And so what usually like structurally, what we usually have happen is for the hero to defeat the villain, the hero has to overcome whatever their sort of internal struggle was. Right. This is the the, the Milo Pony friendship is magic version of this. We have to deal with our with our internal problem. Once we've solved that, the obstacle reveals itself mm-hmm. as, as something we can overcome. Um and it isn't about who's the strongest, who's the smartest. It's about who has addressed their internal issue um the villain frequently doesn't do it or does it wrong is the Mm -hmm. main thing and that's where we get into you know aspects of hubris um or making a mistake because they didn't stop to consider something um all of these pieces but and when they make that error but the hero doesn't it doesn't come off as well you just won because they fucked up it comes off as this is the theme now right this works because you the hero did uh pat took path a and the villain did not
0: yeah mm-hmm. i that that i heavily agree with that because like wh- one of the things that i do have a problem with a lot of times with folks is that they're like well why didn't the villain just kill them there and it's like because that's the mistake that the villain made like it there, there's there's almost an attitude sometimes where like if a villain makes a mistake it's unbelievable which is weird to me because it, it like they're people they should be able to make mistakes they do make mistakes and those should and those have consequences to them um but you know it doesn't have to be like oh yeah they didn't see the trap and they fell under the spikes and they died like it's it's like James Bond where it's just like yeah I could shoot James Bond right here or I could let this extremely slow laser slice him in half because I have the hubris that I'm better than him and he'll die this way
3: yeah in in it depends if, if you have a, a cacklingly, cacklingly maniacal mass murdering villain, then there should be some reason why they don't kill him right then. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily how every villain operates. Some villains really do want to watch you suffer, mm-hmm. you know, as like, I, I will or just like, I will just break you and leave you where they're, you know, you, yep. where you have to live with knowing what I did to you. You know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. if the hero is going to bounce back later. So... It just depends. It depends on on how you've set them up. Like, if you've set up uh, Buffalo Bill from Silence and Lambs, well, I guess this isn't the best example, because I would said Buffalo Bill is going to kill everybody they come across, but Buffalo Bill took a long time before he killed somebody. <laughs> uh, let's say the Red Dragon. The Red Dragon oh, from, yeah. uh, you know, another way. It's like, no, he just kills everybody. Yeah. And then you run, your hero runs into him, and he doesn't kill your hero because reasons. Yeah. Then, yes, that will ring hollow. Yeah. So Consistency. E- yeah, so either he's got to, uh, you've got to have established in advance for some reason that he doesn't kill everybody or that there's the one thing with you. Like um, in um, Hannibal the show, I have not read all of the books, so I don't know if this was ever a plot in the book or not, to tell you the truth. Um, but the Red Dragon becomes fixated with Hannibal because he's like, you're the only other person who understands, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. like Joker and Batman. How yeah. Joker kills indiscriminately, but will never kill Batman because he's like, no, no, you get it, you know, you, 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 or at least you're so close to getting it, and I'm gonna help you just get over that line. You know, I mean? <laughs> you, you and I are the outliers. Just, you, you, I'm just, you're the puppet that doesn't see the strings yet, but you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you bake that into the character in a way that makes sense, then it's fine, you know. But always remember something important when you're writing a coincidence can get your heroes into trouble a coincidence cannot get them out of trouble it can't just so happen that the bad guy's allergic to peanuts and you got peanuts in your pocket you know what i mean like it just yeah
2: they're gonna have to like Ah! you're gonna have to establish that early and then you're gonna have to have them go through his trash and find his allergy medicine and make a plan to sabotage him yep then it's okay
3: Chekhov's peanuts
2: or at exactly. the
3: least <laughs> to show the audience early that the yeah. bad guy's violently allergic to peanuts and the good guy also always has peanuts. And then you're like, I'm wondering how this is going to pay off. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, um, but if you look at some of the most fulfilling villains are using one that you can see their point of view, like two animes yeah. that are on right now that are very popular are Demon Slayer demon slayer is incredible because they go out and they fight these truly horrible monsters and then it never fails you see the monster's origin story and you're like oh yep. i feel so bad for the monster and then immediately <laughs> afterwards the monster gets got you know yep. um my hero academia is doing something similar where you're you're seeing why are these people like this why are they doing these things and the more you learn about the why they're doing it it adds so much more narrative weight when they win or lose
1: mm-hmm.
3: yeah true true um yeah I don't really have any other things for that other than yeah it's
0: just you know make it cool I don't know (laughs) know. it's late I can't I can't think
3: um I I will say though it is it is well-worn narrative territory to have David slay Goliath though mm -hmm. you know to to go into the fight that there's no way they can win and they find one you know, yeah. like, like that, that's okay. No audience is going to boo at that. No audience is going to be like, what do you mean? The shepherd killed the giant boo,
1: <laughs>
3: you know,
0: so yeah. it happens. Yeah. Just a world where, uh, uh, David's called a uh,
3: Mary Sue. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's the original Mary Sue to tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh- Actually, Abraham's the original Mary Sue, but yeah. <clears throat> <laughs>
0: uh zach has a, a ps uh uh i did listen to the most recent episode as someone uh who keeps ungodly numbers of browser tabs open i do have to suggest uh to mr walters that uh he at least take a peek at vivaldi browser uh he says no affiliation uh as it's the absolute best tab management system around including uh the option for sidebar tabs oh god just tabs on tabs
3: i use tab outliner
1: yep Mm.
3: It, says, uh, it helped keep uh my ADHD ass organized. <laughs> hold hold on, wait, I'm gonna show y'all something here. Let oh me, no, didn't it get worse? No, let me see if I can share this real quick. I just want I just want their live reaction to my tab outliner. There we go. Hold on. There we go. You see that there? That's, that's every that's everything that's open currently.
0: Oh my lord. Yeah, we're
3: that's not a done. Lot. That's was a lot. Yeah. yeah, I'm not done I'm not done scrolling. It's by
0: window. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, no, we're 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 not we're not finished here. Hold on. Oh wait, let me just grab the old. Oh, that's those are the ones that are closed. Okay, those those are past sessions. Yeah, okay, so yeah, mm-hmm. that's all. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Tab outliner, kids. You know? <laughs> did I invest in a much stronger computer simply so I could have the memory to keep this many tabs open?
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, I did.
3: <laughs> I love it. Uh, wait, okay. What, well, what, do you, what do you say was it vo- volt, volt What though? I the will the leave. You would think I'd remember that, isn't this, this is one of my favorite composers? I yeah. think that's why I didn't believe cool. it. I was mm. like, "Well, it could."
0: Like, no,
2: nah, I definitely be. Used to put a new word in there.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, "Okay,
0: well, opera already exists. Let's go. Let's go with the composer. <laughs> there we go." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, well, we're actually going to go to another question uh, from Zach. Uh, uh, it says hello again. I hope it's okay. I'm sending in a second question so quickly after the first, but I didn't want to forget about it. That's totally fair. Go send in as many as you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was wondering if you have any advice for this situation in my story. There are some sequences from the main character's childhood that gain relevance as her adult situ- uh, uh, to her adult situation. So I have a number of flashback scenes. What I'm curious about is how that fits into, say, the save the cat structure of the story. Uh, I imagine it should uh, be—I imagine it should have its own uh, separate structure. But do you have any advice for weaving it together? Thanks again.
2: So, Mm -hmm. is the question like you're doing there? So maybe, maybe he didn't say. But so there's sometimes you'll see people do like alternating chapters where we're telling a story in the past and we're telling a story in the present, and then sometimes it's there are impactful things we flash back to throughout the story oh i see and i don't know i he
3: i had assumed alternating chapters but yeah
2: well, it,
0: yeah that
3: that's funny for me vibe wise i thought just flashbacks on occasion because he did say flashbacks he didn't say that's all alternating I chapters. i thought but then yeah. I,
2: but like then i would say you don't need oh to...
3: number of flashback scenes
0: so could it, it could just be within <sighs> a chapter so
2: yeah so, I love flashbacks. I'm not going to shame you out of your flashbacks, mm-hmm. but I am going to say frequently you do not need like a whole scene of a flashback. I would treat a flashback like you treat, kind of like you treat a fight scene, get in and figure out how to get out. Yeah. Because the longer you spend time in a flashback, the more you're kind of getting away from your main story Mm -hmm. and so that past can be important right depending on the story you're telling the past can be very important for anchoring what's going on but if you're having sort of like whole scenes and many whole scenes you're risking kind of fracturing your your reader's attention a little bit Mm. um I am fond of like giving you a, a little slice of the flashback and then later giving you a bigger slice of the flashback and then later like putting the pieces together and you're like, oh, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. I got the bits I needed as I needed them and now I have a full picture. Um, you can have full scenes, but it would definitely kind of keep them, uh, use them carefully and and if possible, make them shorter. Because I think where people get into trouble is you get this idea that you need to show all of these things happening when frequently you can just say, this thing happened. Her dog died when she was eight. You don't have to show me, you know, how she played with the dog and loved the yeah, dog. Yeah, please don't how, do that. How the don't dog do got that. hit by a truck and then how they buried the dog in the backyard, right? Like, I'm you don't necessarily down. need all of that. And it might be something you do need the flashback to give more context to. But again, I would really look at, do you need multiple whole scenes to do that?
3: Mm-hmm. Still not over our text. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> it's, uh,
3: it's one of those things like in a... Um, Highlander Highlander, the series where every every episode began with a flashback to yep. the past because it was going to be directly relevant to the present. Yeah. Um, you know, it means like, I haven't seen this dude since 1760. Oh, shit. That <laughs> oh, yeah, here. it's that guy was oh, in uh, Shakespeare's troop with Yeah, that guy. What's up, guy? Oh, now we're gonna have a sword fight. <laughs> um, what what I will say to your specific question about the Save the Cat and it needs its own separate structure. It does not. Yeah because to the reader it will be very uneven yeah. uh, and it won't flow right. Um, only thing you gotta do is at that point in the story when, well, first of all, nobody anywhere says that you like must 100% rigidly adhere to this like structural dogma. It's just mm-hmm. pretty convenient and fairly effective. <laughs> but if you get to the point in the story that you know this, this is supposed to be the all is lost moment here then they need to flash back to something sad. You know, like if if this is the point when the narrative dictates, it should either take a dramatic downturn or dramatic upturn, you know, pending where you're going to land. If you're supposed to be doing something sad, don't flash back to the birthday party that was the best day of your life. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate to say it, because it, it always pops into my head when it comes to flashbacks is freaking lost because they were <laughs> egregious with their amount of flashbacks. But like it, it's it's still exactly like you said there, like something would happen on the island that devastated the character that was focusing on that week. And then it like if it was Jack, it like suddenly cuts to Jack at his dad's funeral. Like it's still the, the same low point for the character.
3: vibe wise, but no, not a separate structure to answer your question. Not that.
2: Now, if it is a case where you're doing alternating chapters and you're telling a past story and a present story, you do need to kind of think about how to structure that. Um, I don't know if Save the Cat is the best structure in that case, but but like I have read books where it goes back and forth and you can tell like they're really locked into like alternating chapters and like the past starts to flag because they ran out of stuff to happen. Right, or the present sags because we have to go through multiple past chapters. Mm -hmm. And so like looking at that and making sure that you can tell a story that stays interesting because you don't want to get to that place where you're like, let me just skip this scene in chapter because I don't care. mm
1: -hmm.
3: To to Aaron's point though, do, do think real hard about whether or not you actually need the scenes versus something that can just kind of be gotten across in conversation. Because think about it in life we don't get any flashbacks i can tell you about the worst thing that ever happened to me and i've just got to tell you about the worst thing that ever had yeah. like we can't we can't go back and live it so <laughs> you know you you can get it across mm-hmm. I, well, now here's here's a different question though that is not what they asked but it is tangentially related uh. Uh. Uh, what do you think is the minimum number of flashbacks because the first the thing that just minimum the, if i'm like here's what I'm thinking, and I don't know that I have my own opinion as I'm saying it out loud.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: If I'm reading a book and halfway through the book, we take a detour into the past. See something relevant. See something Mm -hmm. relevant, you know? And then come back. Is that jarring if it only happens once? Is it jarring if it happens
2: more than once? Like, I I don't know. So I just read a book that I feel like did this, Hmm. but I had other things about it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I didn't, I didn't tell you guys about this
2: book. I genuinely didn't know what was going on. Um, but it was it was like um, it's like a horror novel with like a haunted house, and the main character is like not buying it, not buying it, and then in the middle, she's there's this like reveal of like something happened when she was a kid. Um, um and I think that's I think that's the only flashback. Mm. Um, and it and it, it's this scene of what happened when she was a kid, and I.
0: And does it just start right there in the scene? Like, it, it's just. Uh,
2: well, I listen honestly, I did it as an oh, audiobook. Okay. So <laughs> I think, I mean, there was a scene break, at least, and there may have been a full chapter break. Um, and I'm trying to decide if I thought that was jarring. There were so many, there were other things about the book that I had feelings about um, that, like, there were some tone issues that I didn't mm. know what to do about and remind me I'll tell you guys about this book afterwards uh Mm -hmm. but the but yeah there's just one flashback there and I think I'm okay with that it's Mm -hmm. it's not I don't think it's I think that's sort of like you know the exception that proves the rule like like that works here because these reasons and most of the time it's going to be a little bit weird Mm -hmm. um yeah, I don't know. I, I have to say, like, there are people who are, like, super anti-flashback, and I will never, ever be one of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think the reason people get anti-flashback is exactly that. It's like, you don't think about necessarily, is it more impactful for me to tell to show the reader this scene, or is it more impactful for this character to, like, relive this scene to someone, right? Like, the thing that popped in my head, like, I was thinking about, like, when have I done flashbacks and what flashbacks? And the opposite is that in Ashes of the Tyrant, there's a point where Havilar tells Bryn um what the traumatic thing that happened about her like learning the glaive was that basically like she almost died and arguably she almost killed herself mm-hmm. and everybody's treated her like she she's made of glass since then and it's like recontextualizes a lot of the story and I could have gone and showed you like here's bait little baby Havilar going through this almost well, not mm-hmm. baby but you know yeah, um little 13 year old Havilar going through this but like that's not the point of why this is here it's not for the reader like what's for the reader is her having this really like vulnerable moment with Brynn who she's like on the rocks with at this point and 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 in that telling you see her experience of it and she thinks about some of the aspects like I yeah I did know I shouldn't go out in a snowstorm but I did it anyway so what does that mean like she's still wrestling with her memory of it and so even having that like be not a concrete, here's exactly what happened as opposed to, here's what I do remember, and here's what I don't agree with in the other people's tellings of this. That's all more impactful than me saying, here's what went down, now you know the truth. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean, two things came to mind. One, I was thinking about mm-hmm. my, my most recent uh, flashback. I wrote two war movies. One, they're in the war and one, they're veterans um in one of them they only ever talk about what happened before because the 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 point is they've got ptsd the point mm-hmm. is not glorifying the situation yeah. it's how they feel about it now so they only ever talk and like maybe you know well obviously you can do this in a movie you can't do it in a novel but you could do things like you play the machine gun sounds or something while they're talking right um but in the other one uh, the only flashback i did was right at the very beginning of the movie is a little boy is learning to shoot with his father and he shoots his first deer and his dad's explaining to him how to shoot you know to 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 slow down your breathing listen feel your heartbeat in between the pulses pull the trigger type thing Mm -hmm. because then immediately you see it's world war ii when he's using these skills as a sniper like immediately Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and that's the only flashback i think if you get too flashback heavy just write a freaking prequel, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that all the prequel is is a big old flashback.
2: Like there are books I really like like um Connie Willis's doomsday book is one that is kind of alternating chapters. And I can't remember off the top of my head if it's strict alternating. But she basically has one story, which is sort of the the present, which is a sort of a near future where they've Develop time travel and they use it, um, historians use it to go back and like observe the past. And what's happened is that they've sent back a, a historian to the middle ages, but she, it, she slipped, like she didn't land where she thought she was and she's in the middle of the black plague. And she doesn't realize that at first. And then meanwhile, in the present, an epidemic has erupted. And their Oof. people are just getting sick and dying. So the same kinds of things are happening, right? And you have characters kind of going through very similar sorts of arcs navigating this. It's really heartbreaking because honest to God, it's one of those books where you're like, she's trying, Kivrin, the historian, is like trying to save these people. And you're like, maybe everything will be okay. And then they just keep dying. And you're like, ah, fuck, it's the Black Plague. Yeah, they all yeah. die. But it does a good job of giving you the hope that you're not, you're not really, should not be going in with. But yeah. anyway, so that alternating story, like they feed into each other and they bounce off each other. And it, more recently, I read a book that did it and it it had moments where it would bounce off each other, but then very much the past, the, the, the present story basically shut out any kind of events in the past that I was interested in having happen. And then it, It started being just taking up space. Like, okay, now it's past's turn, and the past is no longer engaging because we're not actually, we know we're not moving toward any kind of like interesting success or subversion, right? It's sort of like, ah, we know where we're gonna land on this. And that's the main thing. If you're gonna go do past things, I need to discover something from that past time. Yes. Right? Which means you need a character that's not telling me everything.
3: I've been rattling my head this whole time, trying to think of something that did it really well. And this yeah. is an old one, and it's a little bit of a deep cut. But do either you remember the English patient?
1: Oh. Ray oh, Fiennes in the 90s. Way.
3: It's like three hours long. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. It's a wonderful drama. But they do this back and forth thing very much where you find out something seemingly scandalous and then you find out why, you mm-hmm. know, where it's like, uh, you know, you follow Ray Fine's character and then it's like he collaborated with the Nazis and you're like done, done, done. And, <laughs> and then you get the flashback and you understand why, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're like, oh, and it kind of moves back and forth because he's this old man telling his story. Mm-hmm. Um, that was done very effectively. But I think you almost have to like, I think that's so central to the conceit of the story, though. Exactly. Like that's yeah. What the yeah. story is about versus mm-hmm. I'm telling the story of Conan. Let me show you how Conan you learn how to fight with a sword type yeah. thing. Although you actually get that in Conan, you get it at the beginning, and it's like five minutes yeah. long. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Right. yeah.
0: I do also, think like that the,
2: made me realize I did that Empire of Exiles, so I should have counted that one.
0: <laughs> I, I I do think that probably like my favorite style of flashback is that one like at the beginning that sets up like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade opening is like one of my favorite things in film and it's it's just there to set a few things up it's not heavily important it's mainly a spectacle i like the, 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 that's the kind of stuff that i like in the the opening part of it but as far as like it showing up through the story I, I, it's kind of weird. Like it does, ha- it does depend on the story for me because there's some where it's like, okay, we didn't need to keep visiting this flashback the entirety of this book. The, 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 this plot line could have dropped off here and we just kept going on in the present.
2: I just thought, I think I thought it same. Was-
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. This one's big enough that I don't feel any kind of weirdness about okay. mentioning it. i don't love mentioning books i didn't care for when they're smaller authors because a lot of reading yeah. experience is your own personal thing but when they're big enough that it doesn't matter if i liked it or not uh what trevor what's the brandon sanderson one with all of the uh, stormlight flashbacks? archives this, yeah what's the one with all, all the dalimar flashbacks
0: oh oathbreaker. Oathcape, oathbreaker Oathbreaker. yeah
2: this is this is i would argue more flashbacks than you need the, yes just, Like. Like, let's examine every possible step of this man's journey to where he's going to be. And some of that tells us things we didn't understand about why he's like that. But mostly it just tells us that over and over and over. And so that was one where I started skipping flashback scenes because it's like, mm. I'm not learning anything new. I'm not learning anything new. And then frequently when I it was like, I did skip one. I skipped the once, guys cover for years if you're not a The one where it turns out that he kind of killed his wife. Yeah. And it didn't really matter because then immediately he he confessed this to someone. And so this is a case where like I feel like the flashback is doing a lot of the work that could be done in the text. Mm-hmm. And like maybe we don't need this many flashbacks, but I think that there's a little bit of you commit to the conceit of I'm going to go and tell this story in two timelines. I feel like you need more story in that second timeline. Yeah. Like it it does kind of it, it it does sort of End up losing some steam when you, yeah. you try to make it stretch over a book, especially that's a big book. I mean, it's a it big, is. ambitious a book, very big. So book. it's a lot to kind of stretch over. No, that, that that's fair. But he's yeah. doing fine with it, so I can't. Yeah, be- <laughs> yeah. I, I,
0: I have one of his Kickstarter books on my desk right now. Yeah, like he's he's doing fine. Yeah, I the, the, I do get what you're meaning though about like the the amount of flashbacks in there because yeah, I, I even thought that in the the first one, the Stormlight Archives, like the or the, the um, Wave Kings, there there's a lot of backstory with Kaladin and his dad and surgery and stuff and i was like mm. okay i guess and they and that one didn't work for me um yeah. so it, it it's but the thing is though is that it's still following that uh, like B-Day was saying, that that progression of the story. Like you're not going from Kaladin finding out somebody died to all right. Well, yeah, here's a f- happy flashback to Kaladin. Yeah. There's no happy <laughs> flashbacks for Kaladin. He's, no He's never happy. Totally,
2: um, <laughs> totally. It has no problem.
0: I've gone on record as saying Kaladin is the uh, uh, Anakin Skywalker of <laughs> or, uh, Stormlight Archives, but like like the, not, not the Clone Wars Anakin. Um, My boy. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, The, the uh, Zach did put one uh, more PS here. It says, uh, uh, it was because of your podcast I first was willing to refer to myself as a professional writer. The statement about if you've made a, a dollar, etc. Uh, reminded me that I have been paid mm. for two of my published uh, poems. Uh, the first time I said it out loud uh, that I was a professional was a really big uh, feeling moment. So thank you. Hey. Yay.
3: Yay. congratulations. You. you very much earned it. Yay. Literally.
0: <laughs> um, okay, we're going to go to okay, so I saved this one for last. R- roughly how many more do we have so we know how loquacious to be? <laughs> we have this is the last one and I saved right. it for last because uh I I I, I this is, is going to be interesting. My body's uh, ready. So this is from Who's Jeremy. Gonna
2: yell? Me or be? Discussion. Well,
0: th- this this actually has an activity in it and a, dis- and, a, a and an almost D&D like discussion. Uh, Jeremy says, hello, uh, I'm an aspiring writer who has been getting more into fantasy recently. I've been thinking about a space fantasy in which planets uh, organically develop magic as a bri- byproduct of life process. And so life and magic co uh co-evolve in myriad strange ways i wanted to have some sort of classification system for the uh these magic systems uh to be uh, in used in universe like when star trek refers to a class m planet and whatnot uh i came up with uh what i'm still working on refining uh the variables in and what yeah what i came up with but oh what what i came up with and I'm still working on refining the variables in what I came up with, uh, but it ends up I'm being a little mixed between a character stat sheet and an alignment chart for an entire magic system. In fact, my girlfriend and I have had a lot of fun making up story ideas after randomly generating numbers to go with uh, in the variable slots. And he actually gave a full rundown of how this works. Oh, wow. Um, There are currently eight variables, all generated on a sliding scale between one and ten. The numbers are then translated into more subjective uh, criteria uh, terms uh, with room for interpretation. Uh, The variables are agency, so this is number one, agency. Uh, uh, The extent at which magic has uh, conscious agency, typically unconscious, uh, semi-subconscious, or straight-up conscious. Uh, demeanor, essentially the uh, moral alignment of magic—hostile versus helpful for the uh, uh, unsemi-conscious magic—and de- despotic uh, versus cooperative for conscious. Uh, then there, uh, number three is potency, how strong the magic is. Number four is prevalence, how common the magic is. Five is connection, the level of uh, psychic connection uh, magic uh, has with living things. Uh 6 is concentration how uh uh what is that how dispersed dispersed oh how dispersed uh magic is uh 7 is embodiment and I'm going to skip through the last one and 8 is stability so essentially what they did is they took these as uh D&D uh ability mods Uh, and gave them a number. So, for instance, uh, this is what they would argue Tolkien would look like. The agency of the magic is a nine. It is conscious. Uh, Demeanor is a five. It is uh, conflicted. Potency is seven, fairly strong. Uh, Prevalence is three, fairly common. Uh, Connection two, mostly uh, uh, dis just so diso- diso- i you put words in here that are messing me up
3: <laughs> copy copy and paste it in our chat yeah
0: Shoot. i'm gonna put it in here because uh
3: just, just the word you're having trouble yeah saying, j- not
0: j- 10 p.m trevor is having word re- things reading things
2: dissociative
0: dissociative there we go thank you hmm. uh mostly dissociative uh concentration is a nine highly concentrated embodiment is eight mostly embodied and stability is four moderate so the one of the one of the reasons that I did not want to bring this one up is one, I do think that this is just kind of a fun thing to do uh, if you are massively into numbers and stuff. Um, but when it comes to magic systems, do you think about stuff like this of like how connected it is to whatnot, like like how potent magic is uh, in general around the world as a rule or do you just kind of leave that? innocuous
2: um i think those are important questions to ask when you're making a magic system so that you know what you've got your hands on if you've got magic that's concentrated in particular locations then you need to have that be important to the story and address it and not cheat uh if you know the magic is going to be you know have a mind of its own that is a different kind of story um if i i i feel like a lot of this kind of comes out of um, having a sort of strong TTRPG background which like the twist of ever I don't have and so I don't really find codifying things mm-hmm. up front to be terribly helpful like a lot of my magic systems are like a lot squishier and I don't yeah. care personally what the actual rules are just how the people interact with it. Mm -hmm. Um, which is why I will never like stat out a for you because I don't care. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: and then, you know, so, so that, that part to me, isn't what gets my juices flowing. So if it is for you, then that's great. If like having this lined up means that you can dive in, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't personally think about it in, um, in in that kind of uh cataloging sort of way
3: in most narratives that i can think of don't either beyond it's the weave it's the force um you know i I do encourage
0: you to check out brandon (laughs) sanderson
3: yeah i tried and i was like (sighs) (laughs) i wish him nothing but the best it didn't hug me um but but i think you got to remember a couple of things Magic is not what your story is about. Magic mm-hmm. is a tool. Magic is an aspect of your world. It is not the world. Um, the most magical thing you can think of. Whatever you think of J.K. Rowling. Literally, the the, the magical wizarding world of Harry Potter. The this story's not about the magic, though. Mm. It, 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 it's it's about the people.
0: And she um, does make it up
3: as she goes in there. Clearly. <laughs> um, but... Um, I think the thing that you need to be most mindful of is that you've given your magic some sort of guardrails, so you don't set up a situation where it's like, "Why don't they just magic the bad guy?" Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. "Why don't they just magic the problem, whatever the problem is?" It's like, "Do magic," you know. Yeah. Uh, the D and D movie actually, it, it's been it's it's new enough that I won't spoil it for anybody, but that that is a. Um, a very funny recurring gag that every time anything happens, they're like, do magic. And the sorcerer is like, that isn't how it works. <laughs> it was really, like literally yeah. every time they're like magic this. And he's like, it's not just I can't. It's literally not how it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that is more useful to be mindful of. Mm. Um, like uh, I, I will say I, I
0: do like this idea as the 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 categorizing magic levels because like there's also that in uh, the in X-Men with the different levels of mutants. It's an Omega
3: mutant and stuff like that. Name uh, me one other level besides Omega mutant that matters. Well, I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, except it does when they get insulted. <laughs> that um, is just
3: the easy way for you to be like that guy's stronger than you. You're yeah.
0: like, okay.
3: But the thing is, I
0: I do think that is okay and an interesting in world thing to do. What I would say about it, because I do like this, I do think it is an interesting thing, uh, Jeremy. What I do hope is that you don't assign that to your system and adhere to it. Like let, like don't don't be like this is what I have to work with and what I have to work with only, you know do, do the magic system and stuff first. And then, you know, you can put this on it and see what it looks like. But I, I wouldn't say make it first and adhere to it because that is a thing I know a lot of people do that then makes them go, Oh, well, my story doesn't work now because I put down these rules for magic.
3: Yeah. That, that is, that is definitely ingenious. That is definitely Mm an ingenious way of looking at it. Uh, Just that in and of itself is not the story. Yeah. You know, um and so if you're using it in some other way like again just like what you were just saying about the x-men some people are born with superpowers why mutant x gene dope some of them are stronger than others why they're omega level mutants dope (laughs) 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 you know like we we run into this with vampire the masquerade all the time Um, oh yeah that it's like people like well how do you become a vampire it's like well you have to be at the brink of death and have the blood of a vampire uh given to you in that exact moment if you consume the blood while you're still alive you become a ghoul if you consume the blood on the brink of death you become a vampire and then it's like well what about this this what about this this what about this that fucking magic
1: fucking magic <laughs> <laughs>
3: there is no logical reason why a yeah. drop of blood reanimates a corpse like it doesn't exist okay <laughs> so if you
0: yeah. ask why enough you just get down to the molecular level
2: <laughs> the bedrock is magic a wizard did yeah. it shut yeah. up blood no. of Cain, man you know what i mean
3: <laughs> cursed by god
0: That's I, I'm, gonna, answer. I'm gonna put this out there a lot of people asked how the force worked and then we got midichlorian so you know and we were
2: all
3: worse off for it Yes.
2: So this is actually like tangentially related to a conversation I was having with a friend of mine Mm
1: -hmm. about,
2: um, so talking about what, what, so in a, in a fantasy story, right? There are things we put in there to be strange and wonderful, Mm -hmm. and there are sort of like strange and wonderful things that you are meant to understand and strange and wonderful things that you are not meant to understand. And that somewhere in here too, there will be things that you can ground on, you know you understand, right? And so for some stories, like like classic fantasy, you're kind of grounding on tropes. You know how this works. You know that elves are graceful forest dwellers. You know that dwarves are gruff but, but stout-hearted. You know that the the guy who is dressed in black robes on the top of the mountain is evil <laughs> and we're going to kill him. And the magic sword is for that, right? We know what these things mean. And so then that's not the weird part. And so there's, you know, also like you can get people who really like to ground on those rules. They want those things to make sense. But um, like I'm reading a story right now called The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy. And I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. I did not remember the author's name, Um, but it's delightful. It's basically it's a romance novel that's in a fantasy world. And early on, I was like, I feel like I don't understand this world.
0: Megan and- Bannon.
2: Megan Bannon. Thank you. So. I'm like, oh, I don't understand the world. And as I get into it, I'm like, ah, got it. I don't need to understand the world. I don't Mm -hmm. need to know. Like, I need to know the vibe. I need to understand the vibe. These are people that live on islands. There's a a lot of their sort of transport is amphibious. Uh, There are old gods that were trapped in this bubble and then sent away and now there are new gods and these are their names and they have things to do with death. And that's all you need to know. And if people keep their souls in their appendixes and if uh, someone else's soul gets in your dead body's appendix because nobody poked a hole in it, you become a drudge, which is kind of like a zombie. Got it. I don't, I don't need to know about like, what? Well, if you don't I, have an appendix, they, they get. Give, there's actually, this actually comes in.
3: But say maybe will, that's why you can't dance. They
2: put, <laughs> They're like, t- there's someone who does it. he has like a tattoo on his arm that like, like some priest did really fast when they took his appendix out so that his soul could go in that, <laughs> which I think is a delightful little detail. But these things kind of just come out as they're kind of moving through the world. And there are some parts like, oh, you must stab an appendix to let the soul make sure the soul comes out and no new soul can hop in there. <laughs> That's important. That feel like rules yeah. that feel like you need to know these things. And they, I am not done. So some of these things mm-hmm. may become rules you have to pay put, that pay off. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is just flavor. A lot of it is just vibe, and that is okay too. But I think some readers get things that are vibe and latch onto them and go, "These are rules, and you didn't explain them all the way." Mm. Right? Force is vibe. There is no reason Yo, that you st- need to know anything beyond. The force is like the, the magical generated energy. Generated by all living things, yep. Da-da-da-da-da-da, right? We don't need to know where it comes from. And then we found out, and we were like, really? Like, who heard that and was like, yay, I'm so glad I know this now.
3: Yeah. I they feel were like, better. okay, sorry, we just won't talk about it. Also, so, right? that thing with the ghost appendix, it works because reasons. Yeah.
2: Right? Exactly. Because the story exactly. told you
3: that's how it works, and it's like, okay.
2: Yeah. You know. And there is definitely something to be said for like when you – like, like you're always gonna have if you're writing a story and and you have a lot of stuff that is just vibe people are going to come and be like but you didn't explain it and those people are just gonna not be readers for the stuff that is that for for your stuff the same way um you know there's there's definitely stuff I I, I always run into this like in in like with D d players who want to know like what actually happened in this kind of encounter uh that that is you know, in the distant past how mm. exactly did the toral 13 work i don't know i don't think anybody knows they're all dead and the people mm-hmm. who aren't dead are asmodeus or pish, bitchy ghosts who are gonna say nothing like Bichy anything ghosts. he said happened mm-hmm. right like this is they the thing why would yeah why would anybody but but you as like the meta reader standing outside who has all the source books feel i should know all of these things and i should have facts about them the idea that there's this sort of like unknowability about things that there is an unreliableness to any kind of story you're going to hear drive some people crazy Mm -hmm. and those people there are things for those people you can write for those people and you can nail down everything but yeah but there is something really pleasurable in just kind of accepting you don't get to know everything and some things are just vibe like then don't look at that part so hard that's not what it's for
3: and this is also where i would point out that again you can always um dive deep later you know like, yeah. like i said if, if if the silmarillion had been tolkien's first book we never would have heard of that dude. never would have heard of him no first book you got some hobbits vibing there's a ring we should probably you know uh, you not even there's a ring like there's a there's a dwarf uh dwarf yeah, has been I taken got a dinner by a party dragon. yeah we gotta uh, we go gotta we need a burglar he's like i'm not a burglar it's like well i'm a racist and you're a halfling so you're a thief by <laughs> so, i appreciate the inciting incident of this whole saga as racism for the record uh, and uh and then it's like oh by the way remember that ring that you found that you thought wasn't important it's actually super fucking important <laughs> it's literally uh, satans <laughs> yeah. And then, uh hey remember that story about that ring that we destroyed Uh, let me tell you how a whole bunch of angels got here and how this whole mess started. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can expand it later. You know, I, I I feel like whatever, and this is the essence of my, nobody cares about your 10,000 years of history stance. The deeper you get in the weeds and the minutia, whatever you think you're gaining, you're losing twice as many readers. Mm -hmm. The average person just doesn't care. And the ones that do care will go find out. So you can give it to them somewhere else. You know that the, mm-hmm. the annotated history can come out later mm-hmm. or be on a wiki and let the people that want that go get neck deep in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, well,
0: or just
2: uh- make up their own friggin' answers it's <laughs> not in the text and you don't need it. But if you want it, that's what fanfictions for. Mm-hmm. I'm not sub I'm not being. I'm not talking about things without talking about them. It's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And, and just to so clarify, Jeremy, that that was that was the tangent. That that that, that was, one wasn't. That was yeah, such a yeah, tangent. Yeah, that, that wasn't was was all directing at your stuff uh, mm-hmm. at, oh, yeah. at, at at all. It uh, sounds I, like
2: you're grounding on the rules, which yeah. is like again, like I said, there are some people who love that and want that, and there you go, that's your readership.
0: I I will say, and and, and you don't, Jeremy, you don't at all have to. I I do kind of want to know, like what like the the names you come up with for the different I mean, like, like, like levels of magic.
2: Trevor is so excited about that. I think it's like, cool. Are, I think it's really cool. Your little eyes are dancing. Like, <laughs> like I just want to point out, like, you are very hyped for this idea. I think
0: it's cool. I think it's very cool.
3: I mean, it's definitely a great way to generate an idea that you then now uh, must do something with. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of generating things, I'm going to read one thing before we get out of here. So I've been messing around with uh, the Google's A.I. Bard, and I decided before we got into this call to ask it, tell me about the writing about dragons and shit podcast. And uh, it gave me some fiction. Um, <laughs>
1: oh, oh, writing about drags and shit is a
0: podcast about writing, uh, with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi. Okay? okay. Each week hosts, Aaron M. Evans, B. Dave Walters and Trevor Bettis talk about the craft of writing, the business of writing and the latest news in the fantasy and sci-fi world. Okay. Get the, get the little, oh. get the,
3: you know, okay. I, I, you know, you know so it could it be I, argued. Our machine yeah. overlords know our names though. Yep. Yay. Uh, the podcast <laughs>
0: is known for its humor, its informative and insightful discussions, and its welcoming and inclusive community of listeners. Hey, listeners! Thank hey. you for being so so uh, welcoming and inclusive. I've just braced for this know to know your turn. names, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then we get this next sentence uh, It has been praised by critics and fans alike, and has been featured in publications such as the New York Times, the Washington
2: Post, and Forbes. <laughs> I feel like you know, it's making it, fun of us now. I no, know. It,
3: it, it, it combined all of our credits. I mean, because we've been in those things, just not for this.
2: <laughs> or it's season to the future.
3: Oh True. wait, you I've, I've been. I've been in. Wait, you just named three outlets. It was. It was Washington Post, Forbes, and what else? And New York Times. So, so New York Times, Washington Post, and Forbes. That's I've for not sure, been
2: in New York Times.
3: I've for sure been in Forbes. Uh, I don't know if I've been in the Washington Post i bet you've been in the new york times <laughs> you know i'm gonna do some goggling it, while you it, ke- it, while you keep it does
0: reading. do some more but uh, it gave some bullet points of like what to expect from the podcast and i did really love a sense of community the writing about dragons and shit podcast has a large and active community of listeners and the hosts are always encouraging listeners to participate in the conversation that's just that's just making us sound like nice people so hey. when
2: i google aaron m evans in new york times all the stuff i get is mention things that mentioned me with Bob Salvatore at the same time. I oh.
3: literally am reading that exact thing. I'm reading that exact thing. So,
0: I do thing. know several people who, when they got into like an AI thing, they were like, tell me about and they put their name. I did that and it was like, I don't have enough information. I'm like, wow, fuck you. Okay. Oh. <laughs>
1: You're
3: on so many, you're on too many podcasts how can it not know right
0: come on come on um <laughs> uh, right well um uh, i think that's a good place to start uh wrapping things up friends where can people find you what awesome things are you working on
2: uh you can find me on twitter at Aaron m evans uh hopefully you'll be able to find me next week on concentration check a co-writing space on twitch.tv slash dungeon scrawlers at 1:30 p.m pacific however i uh might still be sick so we'll see
3: it's fair. Hard to pass the <laughs> concentration check when you can't concentrate. You know? right. mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, well, hey, you can find me in fucking Forbes and on NBC. News. There, you know? that's, that's stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can. NBC. Yeah, NBC. Yeah. NBC News contributor B. Dave Walters. I, I just <laughs> need to do it one more time and then I'll be frequent NBC News. contributor. Hey, B. Dave just just got to get it, get it, got to get it over the line. Um, yeah, you can find me uh, all over the place. Wherever fine streaming content can be located uh, in uh, mostly on the Tweetograms, but pretty much anywhere at B. Dave Walters. Uh, you can find me
0: on Twitter at the Trevor. There's an A hiding in there. And eventually soon uh, I'll let you know on Twitter when you can read my stuff in Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. Uh, so that, that'll that be fun. You can go read Aaron's stuff right now, though. Go read that.
2: <laughs> it's good stuff. Me too. <laughs> I miss the I miss the regular... Uh, reinforcement of mastery of (laughs) turning things in every week but I got books to write so
0: yeah yeah you do uh, so uh, yeah uh, thank you so much for listening if uh, you enjoyed the show the best way to support it is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice and tell your friends about the show uh, if you have any questions or comments or anything like that like the fine people that wrote in today did you can send those into writing and at gmail.com and we'll talk about them on the show like we did today uh, and if you want to keep up today on the show you can follow us on twitter at about dragons but until next week go write about some dragons and shit Thank